Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another thrilling, somewhat thrilling, episode of the Duo Sense Podcast. As always, I am your host, Andrew Orozco, joined by the ever stalwart, the ever trustful, the ever... What's that even mean, stalwart? Stalwart's kind of like, like um, if I remember correctly, it's kind of like like loyal or like, uh, like firm. Firm. Okay. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'll have to Google that. I'll Google How can you be sure that I'm firm? You're you're a man of firm convictions, Johnny. You're firm. Uh, yeah, that's firm a good say. That's a good say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dual Sense Podcast. We actually skipped last week for several reasons. One, I was in the process of moving, and the other one is I was severely ill. Not, I just was not able to. Uh, get together with Johnny to record. So I was like, you know what, Johnny, we're going to skip this week. So, but because of that, we're back refreshed, re- well rested, stronger than ever, just like the emperor at the end of Revenge of the Sith, much more with, with conviction, Johnny, firmer. with conviction, Fir- we're back and firmer than ever. <laughs> All right. So our first topic of this episode is what are the best Drake songs? Johnny, what are the best Drake songs? I'm just playing. We're not. We're not doing that. Okay. <laughs> but I like how you reached for your phone. You went for your phone. Like, oh, like I'm ready. Because <laughs> right. uh, we were talking about before the show started. We were talking about Drake songs. Like, which ones are so good? Pop that. I think that's what it's called. Which one's that one? Uh, the first one I showed you. The my way. No, not that one. I don't like that one. Oh, I said I told Johnny that the uh, hotline bling. I like hotline bling. But mostly because you know, did you know that Hotline Bling actually samples the Super Mario World level? Mm-mm. You didn't know that? Mm-mm. It samples the the Star World. The what generation is this? That's from SNES. Super Mario World, remember? Star World? No, Super Mario. Yeah, Star World was like the secret. You would find these like these star portals like on the map, mm-hmm. and it would transport you to Star World, where you had like, these secret levels. If you completed, is that like way up in the clouds? It's yeah, it's in a different plane of existence. It's like you know, it would like you would like spin and it'll warp you somewhere else. I should have known this, but okay. You remember Super you remember that, right, Mario World? Yeah, I just remember you teleport, but you go into these clouds and then yeah, you yeah. just fall down eventually. Yeah, well no, you go into the clouds and you land like in this area that's like in the shape of a star. It's like a mountain in the shape of a star. And each of the stars points are different levels. Don't remember that. Uh but anyways, Hotline Blink is actually sa- samples a Super Mario World level. So that's how you know Drake is a gamer. Anyways, back on our actual topic, we're gonna go ahead and talk about something that's a little, a little before my time, but right at Johnny's time. I was probably like about two years too late for this. There's a new TMNT, Johnny. After all these years, mm-hmm. I believe it is a sequel to the arcade one, or I mean, it's the NES one. It looks like the NES version, right? So it's TMNT Shredder's Revenge, I believe it's called. Uh, let me go to the actual... IGN has like a trailer for it. And since this is an audio podcast, I can't really add much more than to that. It's, uh, yeah, Teenage Mutant, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Uh, the game looks pretty cool, though. I, I'm not the biggest TMNT fan. I was born in 1990. I was like probably like two to three years too late for the TMNT craze. That's just not my thing, but I still remember the cartoon from when I was like really, really young, mm-hmm. like reruns and stuff. But uh, Johnny, how does that make you feel? Seeing seeing this game 
I'm assuming you have some kind of... No, not really. It's just nostalgia. Uh, this That's is... not enough for you? No, because it hasn't been updated. Like, I wish it was updated like... Um... Rocksteady isn't doing the new Batman. So who's doing a Robin and Bat- Catwoman? I mean, uh, Batgirl. Are you talking about the uh, Gotham Knights? The, uh, uh, yeah, I want to see that. I want to see that. That, that is Rocksteady. No, Rocksteady is doing... Um... Uh, Suicide Squad. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, WB Montreal, I think, is doing that one, the one you're thinking of? Yeah, so I want to see an update like that, you know? I mean, you're this right. Is, this is like Pixel Art, which I'm not into. I, I, I've i tried a bunch of games that are Pixel Art. And I it definitely has like... that Scott Pilgrim uh, side-scroller side beating him up uh, feel to it. Yeah, I've just grown out of it. But I'm it's sure nostalgic. It looks great. The music looks good. But it just doesn't do anything for me. And this is something I should love because it's something I play with my cousin, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm just over it. I was thinking about calling Jeremy, but I'd like Jeremy hasn't seen this hasn't seen this trailer. So I was trying to see if I can find Joe, if Joe can give us his input on this. But I don't remember if I have his phone number. I'm looking at... Do you, you have Joe in your contacts? Do you by any No, I don't have him in contacts. Okay, I know what I'm going to do. Oh, it's, it's, it's called we're gonna pull up who wants to be a millionaire here and we're gonna, we're gonna phone a friend right now see so if we can get Joe's impression about this so I might have to skip this a little bit further if it takes you a long to find here's Joe alright see if we can get Joe on here <laughs> did you tell me you were gonna do this? no <laughs> Hey Joe, how's it going? It's Andy. Oh, are you recording right now? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Joe. I was gonna call. I called you because we're recording too. <laughs> hey. Uh, so this is this is uh, this is my cousin Andrew. He's calling. He has a podcast called Duo Sense with my other cousin Johnny. Uh, they're they're a video podcast. Uh, big shout out to Duo Sense. And this is Andrew. Andrew, what was your question? Uh, well, Joe, we're, we're talking about how, because last week we didn't record, we're talking about the TMNT news, and I'm like, well, neither Johnny nor I have a strong heritage with TMNT. I'm like, well, we know someone who does, so we pulled a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? That's true. Okay, so the thing about this new video game is that it's being made by the same the same uh, guy who did Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. That makes sense, that makes sense. Which is super dope. So, I mean, my hope is that they do something as detailed as it did with Scott, Pil- Scott Pilgrim. And technically, this is, I think this is supposed to be like a sequel to Turtles in Time. Okay. Yeah. Is, is that the NES one or is that an arcade one? That was the, uh, well, there's an arcade version. It was put into the SNES. They did make some changes. Like they changed, uh, like, Muckman, um, one of the bosses. I think he was like the... the yeah, yeah, there were there were there there were like very minimal changes. Like it's a it's um, Muckman was instead uh, what's his name? Uh, not Shellhead. Uh, uh, shit, I can't remember his name. Are you talking about Slash? Uh, but yeah, there were some. What's that? Slash? Not Slash. Not Slash. Um, it was an. I can't remember his name. Um. Oh. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember. It, but but yeah, there, there were some changes from from the arcade to the SNES version. But how do you feel about this new announcement? How do you feel about this after so many years for the for the franchise being dormant for so long? Well, no. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a Duke Nukem 
like 20 years he made and it came out to be shit. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Kidding. But no, the thing is that, 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 that TMNT hasn't necessarily been dormant. They've released, um, they've released not only some, some console games, but they have done some mobile games as well. So, uh, last, I think two years ago, they did, a platinum games did, a did a TMNT, um, which is pretty good. It was like one of those sandbox, uh, sandbox type of games where you do missions in a, a specific area okay yeah and and they had a so they, they've made a couple of games since then but an arcade brawler type of game it, it's it's been a while i would say it's been since turtles reshelled which came out like in 2008 or 2009 um that was really the last time we got like a genuine brawler I see. Um, and if, for anyone who's played that game, I mean, it's a, it's definitely a classic. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it was a classic. Like they, they revamped all the graphics and it's basically turtles in time, just like remastered. All right, then Joe, clearly I called the right person for this. So thanks for your input. <laughs> of course, of course. Anytime you guys call, I'll be your uh, correspondent for whatever you guys need. <laughs> all right. I'll let you get back to your own separate oh, podcast. Hey, huh? What? What's up? This, this would work out too because this is gonna work out for us because Andrew, he's a bit of a history buff. Oh, shit. so <laughs> we we were, we're 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 basically talking about World War Two right now and like why it was so well for me I I enjoyed World War Two so much because uh, because it was like the first time in history where you really got like recordings of things like video. There's audio of things that actually happened. Right. Not only that, it's 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 not old enough to where people or or direct descendants of, of individuals are still alive so we could potentially get like you know a fucking picture or a video of something that happened during that time which we would have never even known about um, but what is your take on on World War two as a time period? Well, yeah, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head, sort of. Where World War Two is in that sweet spot where it's far enough away that we have we can look back at it like with a retrospective, like it's not too current. We're like, like no one, no one really has any opinion on like, like oh, like were the Nazis bad? Like were they like no, we know <laughs> we that's you know cemented already. We have firm you know takes on that. And the other thing, like you mentioned, is that it's. There's audio, there's written, there's oral, there's so many different forms of documentation because it was so prolific, like it was worldwide, right? And it's in a period where we have so many ways of documenting, you know, different actions and happenings. And we have the people, a lot of the military in World War II was like very well organized when it came to like filing documents and stuff and taking pictures. And you have like the radio, you have like all these things, propaganda posters, like there is so much so much content from those few years that it makes it easy for us to like, you know, keep rec- maintaining records on that. Um, as for, I think it's world war two is also very popular just because I think no one can argue that that's the last, probably last good war that the America, that America has fought. And when I say good, I mean the sense ah. of from a philosophical it's, to moral point of view. It was a moral, it was a moral thing. Even though there were there was a lot of racism, I mean, even even within the allies, right? But you are absolutely right. Yeah, morally, yeah. It was the very last morally fought war. I, could, I agree with that. You would be hard pressed to find somebody I mean, we have today. Vietnam, which was go ahead. Korean War, the Korean War, Vietnam. I mean, the Iraq, Iraq War. Like all these are like 
really more power grabs than they were, you know, about doing what was just. You're absolutely right. I agree. Yeah, I think you'd be very hard-pressed to find somebody who say we should not have gotten involved in World War II. Uh, <laughs> no, and you're absolutely right about the, yeah, and even in the Allies. Like, uh, a lot of people forget there was a Nazi rally, like, in New York, like, during World War II, like, right before World War II. Like, there was a... And a lot of people didn't want to get involved in the war as American citizens. They thought it was overseas and should stay over there. Yeah, I mean, uh, up... Leading up to World War II for the American side, like we d- we didn't really actually want to get involved. Uh, what's his name? Uh, FDR kept telling uh, Churchill, like, "Hey, like, hey, we want to help out, but like, it, the, the war is not really popular with the U.S. R- with us right now." It wasn't until the, the whole Pearl Harbor that the U.S. sentiments kind of changed on that. And then we locked them all up. And then we fucking locked them up. All the oh, Japanese Americans. Mm. So even there, there's a stain right there, you know. I've actually, crazy. I've actually been to when I was in university in San Bernardino. We actually went to. Uh, I was in the history club for a year, and we actually went to. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the place. It begins with an M. Uh, it's, not, it's like it begins with a name. It begins with an M, but it was. It's a. It's a. We call it well preserved. Uh, actual. Uh, camp where they used to house the jet internment camp. There you go. And we they st- and the history club where I used to go at uh, the Cal State San Bernardino every year or so they go and they actually like uh, maintain the site kind of clean it up and they it's still a well preserved uh, internment camp. That's nuts, man. Yeah. But it's good. I, I think it's a good thing that we're they're preserving it just to fucking remind us of how shitty we 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 could be. Manzanar. 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 That's right. There you go. There you go. Thank you for reminding me. Whoever that was. But yeah, Manzanar. <laughs> It was uh, oh, the Museum of Tolerance. There's another example. Like, yeah, dude, like, well-documented war. My favorite. My favorite by far. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, Johnny from Duo Sense Pod. Yeah, we, we got to get you guys on the pod. Um, yeah, we got to get you to come out and, and talk nonsense. Um, I, I love your guys' show. I've listened to every episode. Uh, no, they're, they're, they're in the, in the uh, what is it, Redlands? High desert, the high no, desert. The high the desert, desert. High desert. Redlands is like thirty minutes away, but close enough. Close. <laughs> Shut your ass up. No. <laughs> anyway, love you guys. Love your show. Thanks for calling. I hope I was helpful, and you guys have been definitely been helpful to us. All right, thanks, right, Joe. Take care, cousin. Take care. All right, you guys take care. All right, and lay off of Keenan. Hey, Let, leave Keenan alone. <laughs> Hey, I, I, I want my pitch. I want my pitch. We'll get you on soon, Joe. We'll get you on soon. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, bye. Peace. All right. Later. All right. There we go. <laughs> so there was that. <laughs> A little impromptu, uh, in, not interview. We call it impromptu call-in from Joe. Although I did not expect for us to be on the other end, the opposite end of a podcast too, Johnny. So that kind of, that kind of, I wouldn't say back. What's the opposite? It's not backfired. That kind of just... What? I didn't expect that to on the, on their end to also be like a a give and take situation, give and take. Yeah, you kind of convinced me a little bit on on the game for Ninja Turtles because I just thought about it. Like this probably has online play, right? Most likely. Yeah. So if he's gonna be on it, and we kind of grew up with that game together, it'd be really dope to experience this new new game with him, or you know maybe Jeremy or or somebody like that. 
Right. Um, you didn't get to play those games, obviously. You were way past that scene. I remember playing one of them. It was like something of the foot or clan or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think that was the name of the title. I don't remember much, though. Honestly, that's... Like I said, that's before my time. I'm not... I appreciate Team NT from a cultural aspect in terms of like the movies, the toys, the comics, like what it's done for the culture, as they call it. Yeah. But that's just... it was. Just, I was just too late for that. I was just too late for the wave. Uh, this is one of the games I, I definitely grew up with. Tons of I was with my cousins in this and uh, Mario. Um, we had a ton of um, action figures for this, for the Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. We, haven't, we even had things like the... Uh, did you ever see the, the pies? The ooze pies? You keep you always talk about those I, pies. I bring them up all the time. Dude. You crack them open and then green ooze just falls out. Uh, Johnny loves that green ooze. Yeah. That's uh, sticky icky. So it might be a game I pick up like way in the future, but I'm just not into these these pixel games like that. I wish I was, but it's just Are you something I'm into. You can't you're just not into the art style because it's archaic to you, or it just never jived with you even back then? No, I loved it back then. That's all we had. Oh, so you then. just feel like it's an outdated look? Yeah, uh, not necessarily because there's there's pixel-type games I have on my wish list, but it's not... Not for this kind of game, which you would want. No, because they're like Cyberpunk. I love Cyberpunk, and there's a game <laughs> I want to pick up that's like this pixel style, but it's, it's an issue with mechanics. Do you remember the name? No. Oh, okay, because I thought maybe it was one that I know. What do you mean? What is it? I thought maybe I would know the game that you're talking about. If it's cyberpunk like style, you're talking about cyberpunk like the like, genre, not the game, right? Yeah, the genre. Okay, and it's like pixel. Cause mm-hmm. I'm thinking like of like Valhalla. There's like a Valhalla one, which is like a. It's called the Hunt Down. Okay, never mind. Never heard of it. <laughs> I thought maybe it was like Cyber Shadow or something like that. No, it's called Hunt Down. It's like a group of uh, three or four mercenaries, I guess. Multiplayer. Yeah. Sounds like it. Yes, it is. Uh, I want to get more info on it, but no, uh, it, it plays at sixty frames. But it's it's an issue with the mechanics; they don't seem to evolve very much. So there you have, it, ladies and gentlemen, team and team. Be on the lookout for that, Johnny. I'm gonna say a few names here, and I want you to I want you to tell me what they all have in common. Okay. Okay. Hidel Kojima, Cliff Blazinski, Neil Druckmann. Okay. Corey Balrog. I like Corey. What do all these names have in common, Johnny? They also kind of work for Sony. No, Cliff Blazinski was he he was responsible for years of Gears of War. He uh, he was at Epic Games. Okay. Not anymore. Basically, they're all big video game personalities, right? Yeah. Let me add, let me throw another name on that dartboard on that list. Do you know Jade Raymond? Here's the name of time, but no. So Jade Raymond was she was like a big shot, I guess you could say, at Ubisoft. She's mostly responsible for creating Assassin's Creed, like the franchise. Okay. And also for creating Watch Dogs, another franchise. So, uh, I'm going to turn it over to this story real quick. This this happened, I want to say, either over last weekend or earlier in the week, uh, like Monday. I'm trying to think. I think this was definitely a Tuesday thing. PlayStation has acquired... Uh, oh, that sounds weird. It makes it sound like the owner. But Jade Raymond has... Uh, she's She used to be a bigger name back in the day. Ten years ago, she used to be like up there with Kojima. Really? Now, not so much. She's kind of fallen off. Like she's Her star has kind of faded a little bit, let's say. Mostly, she's been, she's been linked to Stadia and other stuff that hasn't gone so well. So her name's kind of lost some... Uh, it lost some of its luster, I guess you could say. Turn it over to the PlayStation blog... 
to this post right here. It says, new studio is founded by Jade Raymond and working on an unannounced new IP for PlayStation. So Jade actually wrote this blog, this blog post. On, you can find it at the playstationblog.com. Uh, I'm not going to read this entire thing because it's, it's like a memoir, but I just want to look for the inf information, the important stuff. Uh, she says, I've been making games for a long time, over, 20 over 25 years now. I've had, the, I've had the opportunity to lead the creation of two highly successful original IPs, again, Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs, and build multiple teams and studios from the ground up. Uh, some of these adventures have been more successful than I could have ever imagined, and others less so. Hint, hint. Stadia. That hasn't really gone well for them, right? Uh, I'm trying to look for... I'm trying to settle down. I don't want to read the whole entire thing. Okay, here we go. And so today, I'm announcing Haven, an independent studio where many of the talented game developers I have worked with for years and love dearly are coming together to do what we are most passionate about. It's time for us to refocus on games. Games is capitalized, all the letters. And I think she's emphasizing that because of the whole, like, you know, Stadia debacle kind of stuff where it's like, she kind of had like a senior position, but she wasn't really like involved in like making stuff, I think. Uh, games in a place where we can practice our crafts without any barriers or imp impediments. I think you say that right, Johnny? Impediments? Sounds right. We want to create worlds where players can escape, have fun, express themselves, and find community. We want to pour our passion into a project, and we want to make something wondrous for people to experience because we believe in the power of games to bring joy to people's lives, and Sony does too. I would say that's probably true. Their commitment to excellence is unmatched. It's why I couldn't be happier for their backing and support. Together, we want to create games that are a haven, pun intended, for players, and we want to build a studio that is a haven for developers. So while we don't have many details to announce today, I want the PlayStation community to know that Haven Studios is already hard at work on an unannounced IP. We can't wait to show you more. So that's the ending of that blog post. There's more. I skipped a couple paragraphs here and there just to kind of pick your brain a little bit, Johnny. First of all, what do you think about this? And second of all, what would you want for that IP to be, that new IP well, to be? Kind of the point is, she's taking a bunch of little studios and she's making a bigger company. Or she's taking. Kind of... It sounds like she's taking developers that she's worked with before. I'm guessing, like, because she left Stadia like at, at last month, like in February. Uh -huh. uh, you know, when Stadia was announcing how they were pulling back, right? They were closing their first party stuff and all that. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like maybe she had this job already lined up when she was still at Stadia. This kind of sounds like, or maybe they just picked her up and like, hey, like, we're gonna give you these resources because we believe in you. Like, do you want? Are you up for it? So she's on pro with like a Santa Monica studio. Is... Well, she's making she's making a new studio from scratch. That's so what I'm saying, it. but it's gonna be like one of Sony's like flagship studios. It, I think I never I didn't see the word first party, but she also says independent. So I'm wondering if she just means independent in terms of like they're laying her loose, like to do her own thing, or independent in that that no yeah if she's got Sony resources it has to be first party yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's definitely at the very least it'll be like Returnal right. House, like a house mark like situation, kind of. Or yeah. Kind of like Kojima. Yeah. It sounds like she's getting resources, money, and kind of like a, you got this pedigree, you have this history for making great stuff. Like, you know, PlayStation kind of like poached her in a way where it's like, come work for us, make something new, we're going to give you the team you want, kind of thing. So. Well, if she's doing, if she did Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs, it sounds like she's going to do some type of sci fi. Right. Oh, I thought you were going to say some kind of like open world game. 
yeah, those games both have sci-fi elements and open world elements. So, you, yeah, you think that's what she's gonna go for? Well, that's what I want. That's like her bread I and butter. More sci-fi games out there. A Sony exclusive more AAA, sci-fi. Because yeah. we don't have much of that. There was um, uh, Santa Monica Studios was working on a sci-fi. They might still be doing that. Uh, they said it kind of failed before they started the new um, God of War. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what else does Sony have that's hard sci-fi except? For like Returnal, hard sci-fi. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna say Killzone, but I don't know that that brand has Harry, uh, Harry, heavy narrative type of game. Oh, because Watch Dogs isn't even that heavy on narrative, is it? It's more like uh, Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto has more narrative than that. I'm trying to think. Is there anything that fits that? I can't really think of anything. I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I want. Well, kind of, okay. That's you're talking about like in terms of like setting or like genre you want like sci-fi, but mm-hmm. like what kind of game mechanics would you would you be looking for someone who has made like these two mechanics? I want to see something like uh ah oh, damn what's it called uh it just got remastered. It's uh it's like a dude in a mech suit. You fight mechs, I think. It was on PS3. I think it was. Vanquish? Yes, I want to see Vanquish type of mechanics. So something really fast, it's fast, like fluid. quick gunplay, sixty FPS sounds like fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sort of. Uh, well, what did what did you have in mind? I I'm thinking of the words. Okay, so she uses a few keywords, and when she's expressing, she says, uh, "We want to make something wondrous for people to experience." Uh, but I'm looking for those wondrous. Those other words she described. Mm, we want to create worlds where players can escape, have fun, express themselves, find community. I'm thinking this sounds like it has like multiplayer like com- a component. She said worlds. So are we talking like No Man's Sky? I don't know, but she says find community, something like multiplayer aspect. Uh, we want to pour our passion into a project. We want to make something wondrous for people. I hear wondrous. I think something like fantasy esque. Yeah, could be sci fi, but I mean, so maybe yeah. she just means wondrous in a vague way, kind of like you know, make you think. Sony has a ton of IPs. What IP that we don't currently have do you think that they would entrust it with? Well, she's making something with a with a. Did you say original? I believe it's original. I want to you know it's already hard work on an unannounced IP. I'm pretty sure it's original. Let me go to the top of the article. Uh, working on an unannounced new IP. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which I'm totally okay with. So it sounds like she's doing it from the ground up, not something that's already established. I'm hoping for something kind of like, um, I would really like something sci-fi-ish in the vein of like kind of like a Dead Space kind of thing. Does that seem like her style? No, that's the thing though. Cause if I would it's love a, a Dead Space. Because if it was like open world sci-fi elements, I think in something that's kind of like, uh, not another Horizon Zero Dawn, but hopefully a game of that pedigree. But yeah, not. I don't yes. want the exact same thing. I don't want robot animals. You know what I'm saying? No. But I want something on par in terms of like facial capture, facial expressions, uh, great voice acting. Uh, I want interesting mechanics, just like how Horizon does. Yeah. But Horizon's also like a really well-made open world game. What I'm really curious about is what engine they're gonna go with. Because if they go with Gorilla, that that'll make me super happy. Uh, well, engine. I mean, they could have access to the Decima engine, and since Gorilla is, you know, is from by Sony, so I could see them like lending them that pro mm-hmm. bono. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I don't know if Jade has a preference for specific engines. 
Like I think I believe Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs run on Unity. So why was she more popular back then? Well, she just had more. It was more goodwill to her name. She she was she, when Assassin's Creed was announced. She was the one who announced it. She was the one. She's like the creator of this franchise. And whenever they did another, they would show a new one. She would be the one doing the presentation, like at E three and stuff like that. Okay. So she just had. She kind of just developed goodwill for being like. First of all, one of the few more prominent female uh, women's mm-hmm. developers when in a in the kind of I would say that in an era when there wasn't that many aside from maybe like just Amy Henning and like is she like forty five because she looks really young. Jade. Yeah. She is. Like she's in her mid forties. She's in her mid forties. Okay. Yeah. Twenty five years. Because okay. I saw right now when I was looking through this, I was looking her up. Her birthday is like nineteen seventy five, seventy four around there. Yeah. So she's like in her mid forties. Mm-hmm. Maybe late forties. I don't know, but anyways, <laughs> unrelated. But yeah, she's uh she's someone who used to have goodwill. There used to be more. There used to be more goodwill attached to her name. Not so much now, just because of like the whole Stadia thing. And there was like a, she was part of another project or another studio that was like working on a game and it just got like canned like right before release. So she's kind of someone who's like eh, some people might say she's past her prime, but I think she's it. With the resources given to her by PlayStation, I think it's impossible to fail. You know where she's based? She's Canadian, I believe. All right. She's she's either Canadian or she's like European, but she's definitely... I'm pretty sure she's Canadian, actually. Like 80% sure she's Canadian. I want to look that up, though, real quick, just because now I'm curious. Even though it's not really important, but now I'm curious. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to figure out what type of game she might make. Oh, that, what kind of mindset? Like, Does a Canadian yes, mindset ring? Yeah. <laughs> it's like Canadians make this type of game. Uh, yeah, Canadian. Yeah, and 1975. That's her. Yeah, so she's like 46, 47 around there. She looks younger than that, though. I'm surprised. Anyways, so jo- Johnny wants something more. Uh, was it? Oh, what did you say? It wasn't Mass Effect, right? You said like cyberpunkish. I said cyberpunk. Oh, you said sci-fi. Gameplay will be like. Uh... Vanquish. Vanquish, which is a Capcom game. Vanquish. Really fun game. I only played the demo, but I really enjoyed the demo. Moving on from that, we get to the next part of our story, Johnny. Sony bought Evo, which I was joking with you earlier today. Sounds like Sony just trying to buy something just to say that they acquired something. Going over to the SIE, that is Sony... Uh, interactive entertainment blog that says welcoming evo into the playstation family sony interactive entertainment and new esports venture rts have jointly acquired the evolution champion series in 1996 a fledging fighting game tournament sparked a cultural phenomenon that drew an international following through its inspiring exhibitions of skill and fun you know for this one i probably should have also asked joe about this because joe is like a huge fighting game nerd I don't want to bother him again. For what? For Mortal Kombat? For Evo stuff. No, he's into... Street Fighter. Street Fighter, I think, mostly. But damn, this this is another Joe-ass topic. (laughs) So Joe, when you listen to this recording, just just tell me what you would have said. (laughs) Because Johnny and I are not fighting game experts. But it is something that happened. Um, Right, so it says, uh, Today we're thrilled to announce the next chapter in the story of PlayStation and Evo, the world's largest and longest-running fighting game tournament. Sony Interactive Entertainment has teamed up with RTS to acquire EVO through a joint venture partnership. 
with expertise spanning esports, event management, brand and developer consulting, and game talent management. RTS is a new venture led by CEO Stuart Saul and backed by investors including Global Entertainment Sports and content company Endeavor. EVO co-founders Tom and Tony Cannon will remain closely involved in an advisory role to ensure EVO continues to service the fighting game community, also known as the FGC, and support its vibrant growth. This partnership marks a new collaboration bringing together the resources and expertise that will allow us to elevate global reach, scale, and fan engagement surrounding this iconic gaming tournament. And then here are some of the games that uh, EVO has traditionally uh like for this year, uh, kicks off in August. They have uh, Tekken Seven, Street Fighter Five, Mortal Kombat Eleven, Guilty Gear Strive, and then some other ones. They usually also have Smash. They usually have Smash there at Evo. Well, what's what's the issue though with Smash? It's latency issues. Okay, so I'm not an expert about this stuff. For this one, I would call my friend Omar because he knows more about online infrastructure for fighting games. But again, I don't want to bother any more people for this episode. Maybe next week. Some fighting games, there's this thing called rollback netcode. Okay. Now, not, not all fighting, because of COVID, a lot of the tournaments moved online where ideally per, tournaments are better in person because of the reduced lag and reduced latency. Some fighting games are better suited for it because they have this thing called rollback netcode where the AI has to compensate for the quick inputs by guessing what will be the next best possible move that the player will actually make. And then if the person actually makes that move in contact in time, It'll register it as like a correct, like actual hit or whatever, right? Other fighting games don't have, they don't use this method and they have some other kind of, I forget what the other one's called, but it's one that's like, it's just terrible for, if you don't have like the the highest or fastest internet, like you're going to be at a huge dis- disadvantage. So that's that issue in terms of co- of COVID and EVO not, not working out. The other thing that happened a while back was... uh I can't remember which of the co-founders or who was involved, but it was like a scandal involving, uh, I think it was like sexual harassment with Evo that ended up getting it canceled this past summer. Yeah, I recall that. Uh, Do you remember the details more than I did or no? I don't. It's just, they got rid of that guy. Don't really want to beat a dead horse. Right, so this fighting game tournament Evo 2020 has been canceled after co-founder Joey something, Mr. Esports Tournament, which... uh... Uh, I'm just going to go straight, just to briefly touch up on it, just in case some people don't know. Uh, this article comes from Engadget, uh, by a Daniel Cooper. Uh, Evo 2020 canceled after co-founder abuse allegations. Uh, fine game tournament Evo 2020 has been canceled after co-founder Joey, Mr. Wizard Queller, Queller, C-U-E-L-L-A-R, was accused of assaulting a minor. The esports tournament, which announced in May that it was going online only in the wake of COVID nineteen, will now will now not go ahead. So, yeah, I think it sounds like Sony acquiring Evo is probably the best thing for Evo now to kind of you know get it away from that. To kind of like a what would you call that phrase? I mean, kind of you know give it a kind of like a pre like a press revival revi- revival. I guess you could say this guy was a CEO, right? I just closed the article, so I don't. Did I? Do you remember what I said? I, uh, <laughs> I think no. it's like co-founder. Co-founder. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it was a CEO or a co-founder. Whatever. He was so in there. he's not involved anymore. Booted. And Sony, what do you think about this, Johnny? Because this is like it's like big news, and yet at the same time, it's not big news. And the reason why I say it's not big news is because it doesn't really affect like game development of anything. And there's like no, it's not like it's gonna affect any new games coming out or. 
This only is important for a very few select people who are like into like really this, into fighting. This just sounds like a super long-term thing for Sony. If this is like any hint for a game, I think it's for um, PlayStation All-Stars. No? You would not be alone in thinking that. Joe actually said that last week. And while I'm not going to bother Joe yeah. by calling, I will refer to our text conversation about this from not that long ago. <laughs> so Joe will be with us in spirit for this particular section. Uh, I'm going through I'm going through my text here. Uh, I'm trying to find the part about Evo. So I sent him the picture. It says Sony buys Evo. And then Joe sends me like the emoji for like a head exploding with the, the cloud. He says, Evo, this is from Joe Castellanos over at the new podcast. Evo is about to blow up. Hopefully we get another PlayStation All-Stars battle. Uh, I say it kind of makes sense since fighting games are synonymous with the PlayStation brand. And then he said PlayStation All-Stars was underrated and had so much potential. This also opens the gates for a Nintendo slash PlayStation collab, Joe says. He says maybe Smash slash All-Stars Royale? No question way. Mark? No way. To which I respond to Joe saying, Jesus Christ, with Smash's ultimate roster, you can can you imagine adding the PS family of characters? Biggest gaming crossover ever. And which Joe responds with a picture of what looks like a Gundam getting an erection by igniting a, a sword. So um, so you think this... He's excited about that. That's what that means. You think this might be a multi-platform? Uh, PlayStation All-Stars? I don't know. Oh, like, they're not going to do that's a... That's a good question. They're, they're not going to, like change i don't think they would collaborate and make a game and playstation all-stars versus smash brothers I yeah guess that's, that's not gonna happen so i don't i don't think there'd be a collab for this it just seems like too many i mean it was such a hassle to secure every single character for smash ultimate mm -hmm. i can't imagine the licensing nightmares trying to get everybody involved with another game like with playstation involved like that's just like that's just what that's what that's the case of too many chefs in the kitchen. That's like well, too that much might work. be a reason why you don't really see any Sony characters on Smash Bros. Because they've Sony been holding has off plans of their own. So. They've been holding off forever, I think. Not forever. to leverage their their characters like against for one or big maybe one. Maybe they're thinking that far ahead. What do you think about it, Johnny? What do you think about the acquisition itself? Because we were joking about like, like no, they didn't buy a developer or a studio. They bought a tournament. <laughs> I mean, it's good. I mean, what else? Sony doesn't have anything else like this, right? That's true, yeah. And this is the biggest uh, it's online the biggest, gaming tournament. Biggest in person and online, yeah. It just seems weird. It just, I mean, it makes sense and at the same time it doesn't make sense. Just I just hope they didn't spend too much on it. Sounds like they're covering all the bases. Like, yeah. It's kind of like, it sounds like they're kind of expanding to like event planning sort of in a way. Well, when you talk about licensing, what's kind of a dumb question, but... <laughs> there are no dumb questions, Johnny. Okay, well, you haven't heard the question. Fort, I was going to say, what, what do you think is bigger? Uh, Smash Brothers or something like Fortnite? Because Fortnite got a ton of licenses for... They got like... Uh, yeah, but when you're for... when you're Fortnite, you're Epic Games, you can have that kind of leverage. Yeah. You can make all sorts of kind of deals to appease people. I don't know if Nintendo has that kind of power. Dude, Fortnite has so many characters. They got Kratos. They got uh, Alien. They got my John boy, Wick. Green Arrow. They got Green Arrow. Green Arrow? Yeah. Oh, from the TV show? Yeah. I think those shows are too cheesy. That's not the point, okay? They got Green Arrow, is what I'm saying. I don't care about your opinion about Green Arrow. They got Green Arrow. Anyway, so that's... Is that, that a Marvel character? No, that's DC. He's their Hawkeye. I don't like DC much. I know, but he's their Hawkeye. He's more like a Batman character, kind Hawkeye of. Hawkeye is weak, too. Okay, but you're probably still going to watch the Hawkeye series that comes out later this year, right? 
Well, it's a Marvel franchise, so yeah. But you just made fun of Hawkeye like not, like not even a minute ago. Well, who else is in it? Uh, I think his daughter, right? Kate Bishop. I don't know. We don't. That show's so far away. It's like in December. I don't even know yet. Well, the thing is, I I kind of have to watch it because it's bigger. It's part of the universe. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like it's like not watching the Thor film, Thor films. You know, and expecting to like kind of get everything else in the MCU. You kind of have to watch it. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's all shared. There's, you know, you'll, you'll miss out on stuff if you don't. I get it. Anyways, enough about Hawkeye and, and the Evo. Let's move on to our last major topic of the day, Johnny. The VR controllers. Have you, have you seen the VR controllers, Johnny? I mean, the dopest part has got uh, haptic feedback, too. It has haptic feedback, but mostly, if you guys go back to the last episode where I talked about this, they implemented the biggest change that I wanted, and that was that instead of having the, the those dorky looking balls at the end, yeah, it, the whole handguard thing is like it is it, it's tracked. It's not. I'm not sure if it's light. I'm not sure if it's like a light imaging kind of thing. But the whole handguard thing that wraps around the hand, it has full tracking. It tracks all your fingers individually, right? I, I don't know if it that's, tracks fingers. Yes, I saw that. I know it tracks like your wrist, which is mostly what I wanted. Where like instead of the you remember when I told you the PlayStation Move controllers are right yeah with the ball thing at the end mm-hmm. instead this has like all around the fingers and around the wrist it has the tracking of all of that now, I'm pretty damn sure I should have done my research for this one but I'm not into VR like that but it looks like it has individual uh, finger tracking so it has that it's got the haptic feedback it looks pretty comfortable right it's not clunky it looks light right it looks interesting because it looks like a lot like the one the Oculus has like it looks almost exactly the same except like the curve and it has like a analog uh, stick which thank god i'm glad these have the analog sticks because the wands the ps wands don't mm-hmm. and the analog sticks would make traversal in vr games so much easier example so you can move you can move your character back and forth well, what do you stick. have to do now just like tilt point forward. yeah tilt it's just i hate you tilt the controller or you tilt the, your whole hand forward or you like push it out and it's just it's just really awkward I came here straight quick to the blog, uh, the PlayStation blog, for the full uh, information on this. This is a blog post by Senior Vice President of Platform Planning and Management, Hideaki Nishino. It says, Stronger immersion with adaptive triggers, haptic feedback, finger touch detection, and more. Following the recent reveal of our next generation virtual reality system for PS5, I'm excited to reveal more details about the new controller that will play a critical role in providing gamers with the VR experience we're working to deliver. Our new VR controller speaks to our mission of achieving a much deeper sense of presence and stronger feeling of immersion in VR experiences. It will build upon the innovation we introduced with the DualSense wireless controller, which changed how games feel on PS5 by unlocking a new way to tap into the sense of touch. Now we're bringing that innovation to VR gaming. And then there's a picture of the controller, which looks... It looks so weird. And at the same time, it looks like a very elegant, like futuristic. Like This is like a future... Kind of looks like it belongs with a PlayStation 9. You remember the commercial? The old one, the PS9, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like it belongs there. Like some kind of like future where because of the Orby. Yeah, the rounded kind of yeah. like LCD. Yeah, I can see that. Are you kind of at conflict having to play with this control or the banana? I'd rather use the control over the banana. 
Uh, this going the next subtitle says design. The first thing you'll notice with our next gen VR controller is the unique design, which takes on an orb shape that allows you to hold the controller naturally while playing with a high degree of freedom. There are no constraints with how you're moving your hands, providing developers with the ability to create unique gameplay experiences. I definitely get that vibe. Just look at how the controller. It looks so weird, but I think it, I de it definitely looks like a giant sphere you're holding that's like missing chunks, kind of. So what do you think? How do you think they're going to implement this? Like, what games? These controllers look like something for like, like if you were playing like a, like a flight sim or something, or like you have like the like. Well, let's say Resident Evil. What's what's in Resident Evil where you're like, fuck, I can't do that. So RE Seven, uh, Resident Evil Seven has is all it's completely playable in VR, right? Yeah. But you don't use the move controllers. You have to use a regular controller. Okay. So while it's in VR, you're not you're not moving around and stuff. You're just experiencing the game in VR. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You're not making hand movements and stuff like that, really. So thinking about how this controller looks like, I could see it being like for like a proper like kind of like I'm thinking like aiming kind of stuff. Actually, you know what? I'm wrong. You're right. I'm I'm wrong. RE7 on VR does actually use motion control because I remember now you do have to aim the gun like with the motion. And then you do have to block with your hand and stuff. So actually, yeah, it does use VR. Uh, there's nothing really I can think of in Risen Evil VR that you couldn't already do that that this would change. Okay, so that game is a bad example because it's just old, right? It's not that it's old. It's just that the system, well, that the mechanics don't really require much more to be changed. Yeah, it was mostly meant for the for the classic control. Yeah, not VR. Like maybe VR might have been just an afterthought. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. Or just the genre itself just doesn't lend itself to this. I mean, the main thing to me is that the controller looks more comfortable. It looks like it feels good in your hand. Mm -hmm. or the, or as the old wand was kind of clunky and just... It looked like you were just carrying a giant lightsaber and bit like... With none of the cool factor. This thing looks more kind of like a... Like flight controls. Like kind of like a, like a stick. Like a flight stick kind of thing. Yeah, you almost have this... This cool pivot all around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly you can, the whole orb mentality. You can see that in the way that's designed, like how they're talking about. Uh, I think it looks really comfortable. Going on to the features now. It says the new VR controller enables players to feel and interact with games in a much more visceral way. There are several features, including key features from the DualSense controller, which match our vision for what next generation VR can be. Adaptive triggers. Each VR controller, left and right, includes an adaptive trigger button that adds palpable tension when pressed, similar to what's found in the DualSense controller. If you play the PS5 game, you'll be familiar with the tension in the L2 or R2 buttons when you press them, such as when you're drawing your bow to fire an arrow. It's always that example, <laughs> drawing a bow. <laughs> uh, haptic feedback. The new controller will have haptic feedback optimized for its form factor, making every sensation in the game world more impactful, textured, and nuanced. What does that mean exactly, Johnny? I'm not sure. When you're traversing through rocky desert or trading blows in melee combat, you'll feel the difference. Okay, there you go. So I'm guessing like some vibration or uh, maybe get that feeling of getting stuck or something maybe. Magnifying the extraordinary visual and audio experience that's so central to VR. Finger touch detection. The controller can detect your fingers without any pressing in the areas where you place your thumb. Oh, so you're right, Johnny. Index or middle fingers. This enables you to make more natural gestures with your hands during gameplay. That's kind of exciting. Because that means you can like actually like grab things or maneuver your fingers in a way that's not just like, oh, did the player push the button or not? Well, that's why I was going back to, to Resident Evil, because you can't do all these extra little gestures. 
you know, with the control. Mm -hmm. Control is just like aim your gun, shoot, and get next to something and press square. I can see it being useful for like, say there's like a, let's say you're playing RE4, right? And you got to like, you know, pull Ashley along with you. Like maybe you have to like hold her hand in a certain way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or let's say that you're Maybe like you got like slugs on your chest and you got to move them off your your body. Yeah, like you got to grab them. Yeah, 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 pull yeah. Them yeah. Off, throw them. Maybe like maybe the game can sense the difference between let's say let's say you grabbing onto something to like hold onto, or maybe grabbing on something to like squeeze, or grabbing onto something to like hurt, or like uh, maybe if you're doing like melee, if you're using the knife or something to like defend yourself. Dude, imagine if if there's like a zombie and like the just. Like there's a zombie and then the key is in his guts and you gotta fill around his body and you fill it. The in. haptic feedback. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, or something. Yeah, yeah that'd be dope. Dig in there and pull and grab and that. That's dope. And like different parts inside the body feel different. Like oh, there's a lot of vibration. Oh, not so much vibration. Oh, more. Yeah, I can see that. Or like it's, it's like oh, it won't close. The buttons won't close in. Like you gotta push really hard. You gotta fight it or something. Mm -hmm. That would be cool. You could do the safes now. Like listen for the, like the little tip. Yeah. That'd be cool. I can imagine that grabbing the knob and just like spinning, turning it. That would be dope. Uh, tracking. The VR controller is tracked by the new VR headset through a tracking ring across the bottom of the controller. So that's that thing I'm talking about, like where it, around the wrist, it has that tracking, which is what the Oculus has. So I'm glad they're implementing the same thing. Action button slash analog sticks. The left controller contains one analog stick, the triangle and the square buttons, a grip button and create button. That's like with the DualSense controller already has a regular create button. The right controller contains one analog stick, the cross and the circle buttons, a grip, and an options button. So it sounds like they're splitting the buttons across both controllers, Johnny. Triangle and square will be on one, and circle and oh, okay. cross will be on the other. Okay. Interesting choice. Usually they're all both on both. So you still got triggers, you got... You got two analog sticks, and you got half of the face buttons on each controller. No D-pad. Doesn't sound like there's a like deep no, no big center square button. I don't know for sure because it says that one has a create button, the other one has the options, which is like the start button. Oh, okay. So maybe. Sounds like what we need. Okay, yeah. So that's kind of, I mean, there's a little bit more about that. I mean, not about features, but kind of talk a little more about how they're excited about stuff. We don't, we don't need to get into it all of it. But, anyways, if you guys want to read that, you can find that on the PlayStation blog as well. Uh, I'm excited about this. I'm really excited. This is the kind of. This, they're kind of hitting all the check, all the boxes for what I wanted VR to be. Like, if you remember from the last time we talked about this, it sounds like they're hitting the major things. Uh, again, still disappointed that it's not wireless. The headset, I mean. But um, the controller sounds way miles better already than what we actually have right now with the Move One. So thank God for that innovation. Because the Move Ones actually are from like the PS3 era. If you remember like PlayStation Move back then, Johnny? Yeah. Like, this is, like, 13-year-old technology at this point, so I'm glad we're finally moving on. Dude, it's getting so much more difficult to stay away from VR. You know, I got, like, headaches and stuff, but mm -hmm. damn, dude. Like, VR is amazing as it is, but with this haptic feedback, it just sounds so cool. I mean, all we're missing is, like, like the smells. Like, something that can make us smell where we are. What I want is just a body chest thing. Like, like Ready Player feedback. One? Ready Player One? yeah. I want a vest or... Where you feel where you're getting hit. <laughs> yeah, or maybe some, like, Romo packs you could put, like, on your knees or, or somewhere. I want something that allows body. me to, like, walk and run in place. Oh, but you... I'm talking about something that that's for the mass market. You know? Mm. Yeah, I, I, so am I. 
If we could get like a cheaper version of that, that'd be great. Like games where like, they can track where you're moving based off like how like you know your legs. That'd be dope. Okay. I mean, a lot of us would probably get more fit playing VR that way. Anyways, so that concludes our major topics of this past week. Newsworthy topics, that is. Johnny, we're about to transit. Before before maybe we transition, did have you been playing anything lately, Johnny? Has there been anything you've been you've been gaming these last few two weeks? Uh, no, there's not much out right now. Right now, I'm just still doing um, Monster Hunter. And have you come along? Have you come around on that? Nah, I'm, I'm pushing it. I'm pushing the ball just real slowly. Though. Are you still in like the desert area? Yes, I am. You haven't moved on to the next one yet. What was the last big creature you fought? Did you fight the Diablos yet? No. Have you seen it? No. Oh. Okay, what was the last thing you fought then? Don't, <laughs> don't tell me it was that mudfish thing. Yes. Ah, you said that last time. Mudfish and a couple little guys. That's it. So far, of all the monsters you fought, which one, like gameplay wise, has been the one that you've had the most fun or has like surprised you? Because each monster has like its own quirks, right? There's yeah. something else I fought. I don't know what it is. It's oh, the the one I really enjoyed was um the one with like the funnels in its head. The the ba- Baroth, the Bareth. Yeah, because that was the first thing I mounted. Oh, okay. And I still don't know how to mount, so it's kind of annoying. Where it's it's, it's the one like when it limps, it it goes to, like a mud pit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the I like Bareth. fighting that guy. That that was fun. I like I like his armor set that that you can make from him. The Bareth is cool. It just looks really ugly. Is there any? <laughs> is there anything else that happens with your mechanics? Well, you've done mounting already. Like the shooting, slashing, mounting. Yeah, you've done like the like the zipping around right through the like the yeah. grapple hook thing. I mean, mechanically, I don't think there's much more that gets added at this point, other than you already have like the camouflage cape thing, right? There's a camouflage cape that you can acquire. An armor. It's not. It's not an armor. It's an item you have to actually use. Like you put it on, and as long as you don't fight, like you're invisible. I'm not sure. Maybe but if you I, but if you get hit, like it'll you'll get stunned. And maybe like, I picked it up and just didn't notice it. Okay. I mean, other than that, there's not much mechanically that changes unless you try different weapons again. But other than that, yeah, I'm gonna do that. I really recommend the bow and the long sword. Those are like the most like user friendly weapons. Yeah, I'm gonna well. I like the two blades because it's so quick, right? Yeah. And I'm a little impatient. They're just not hard hitting though. So I'll give the longbow and the sword a try. Give them a try, Johnny. Give them a try. What about are you? You're still playing Fortnite right now, or not really? Yeah, doing some creative, uh, doing some, doing a level. Um, I got the battle pass because you know I had enough uh, V bucks. Uh, <laughs> any skins? Any new skins? Oh, I got a uh, two Tomb Raider skins. Tomb Raider. Yeah. I didn't even know they had Tomb Raider in the game. Uh, is it just Laura Croft like from the nineties, like pixelated or what? No, it's uh, the latest one. It's um, they have the the most recent Tomb Raider, and then they have the old school Tomb Raider, but she's updated. You know. So like the sunglasses, the ponytail, yes, the, 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 the teal, the teal shirt. Okay. Mm-hmm, all that. But um, the new updated one, the newer one, is like the one like the from like the the recent games, right? Yes, yeah, when she's like in her early twenties. Yeah. Okay. Does she have like a special like? Does she have like a like her own axe thing or no? Yeah, she has a the two snow pickaxes. Oh, the yeah the the ice climbing the gear stuff. She has that a, makes sense. She has an emo where you just kind of roll. Um, you just kind of roll. <laughs> yeah, you dive forward and then. You oh, her forward. roll. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I'm at what level twenty five. So, do you, are you using one of those or no? 
Like the skins? Yeah, I've been using both of those. Mm. I randomize them most of the time, but right now I'm using the, the latest Lara Croft one. Okay. Uh, let's see. On Switch, I started replaying uh, Pokemon Sword again because I, I got a, that Pokemon itch. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to go back to cashing in. Playing with those critters. Uh, on PS4 right now, I'm kind of playing. I'm playing a little more uh, Black Ops Cold War, just because. Uh, again, similar to the Pokemon itch, I sometimes get like that running gun itch mm-hmm. when I don't want to build stuff. I just yeah. want to run and gun in first person. <laughs> Aside from that, those are like the two main games I'm playing now. That I'm finally, I just I finally finished moving. I'm settled in. I'm thinking I'm gonna uh, get through my backlog mm-hmm. and i'm gonna try because i do have enough now i'm gonna try to get the a ps5 by the time returnal comes out oh i really want to play returnal and i, I haven't told Dude, returnal looks amazing april 30th so between now and then i think i will get a ps5 it looks damn good i have the funds i just i'm I, it's just the stock i have to wait for it to come in stock and that's like the hardest part yeah you and i were playing smash but Andrew was devastated, so I, he had to take it. We did home. play Smash last week. You're right. I forgot about that. What do you think about that, Johnny? Someone hasn't played Smash since the since like the Wii one. The you, Wii, we didn't play much of the Wii one, though. We usually play the Smash I know, but you were, you were saying, like, I remember at the end, you were after like a few matches, like, like, not enough has changed, you said. Not enough had changed. Or you said, like, this feels too similar. I'm like, well, yeah, it's <laughs> No, I'm okay with it feeling similar. The roster is cool. Um,. The levels are pretty cool, mm-hmm. but it seems like after all these installments, there had there should be something different. And no, I don't stagna- know, stagnation. Yeah, I don't know what what exactly I'm asking for, but it's, it's just like I could go to back to the sixty four and I'd be kind of okay, you know. Uh, I feel like the leap from sixty four to this one is dramatic. The leap from the Wii one that we used to play to this one, not so much. It's like a it's. Very barely noticeable, I feel. So, what would you want? Like, what's a stagnation? Is it the characters? Is it level design? I mean, for the most part, the game has been the same, right? You have your back B, your front A. You know, the combination of moves is the same. I would like them to add like more fighter combos, where it's like you know, up, down, right B kind of stuff, or like you know, something a little more deep. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Some I'm... more just combos. Yeah. Some more combos. Yeah, I mean, you can, I mean, Smash already has a good combo system where like you can link different moves together, but like it kind of lacks like that combo input that like other fighting games have. But I guess in the same way, that's kind of what separates it from other fighting games. So, what do you think if they added a small campaign where it wasn't just like this little arena? If they did like short, this one does have a campaign, but like side scrolling, kind of like a, a Sub Zero. And what was it called? Oh, I love uh, Sub Zero something Chronicles. Sub Zero Chronicles is that what it's called? Mythology. Mythologies. Myth- yes. Like that? Yeah, it's one of my favorite. That was like the platformer version of Mortal yes. Kombat, right? That was a weird yeah. one. I oh, remember we played that at Jeremy's. That was amazing. They had all these traps, and you play all these other fighters along the way. That campaign, that campaign was great. But something like that, you think would be cool? I mean, the Wii one had that. It was a, a subspace uh, emissary mode. That's like the side story. scrolling. Yeah, yeah, it was side scrolling and platformer like that. Yeah, okay. it was. I remember on the Wii. But that was the last time it had that. 
But anyways, what what you think about the who mics? Did you, who? That's what it needs. Mics? Yeah, if you find all these different random people and you. Talk Nintendo to has them. always been really bad at doing online multiplayer. Like just There's, historically, they've just been really bad. They use these stupid like friend code things, like the. You don't use usernames. You have like friend code, which is like a ten-digit number thing you're assigned. Nintendo's so it's not, there's like no lobby. It's only with people that you know who you already have friend codes from. Well, dude, imagine that. Like if you and I were playing and we oh yeah, lights. I play with my friends on Switch sometimes. Yeah, but we use we use Discord. We use our phones to chat because the Switch chat doesn't really. Well, that's what I mean. I, I feel like maybe that's what's missing. Yeah, that's a complaint people have a lot, a lot for a long time. Is Nintendo's horrible. Of the big three, Nintendo's the worst when it comes to any online implementation for anything. They're just bad at it. But anyways, that kind of covers what we've been playing. Enjoying. We now get to what I consider my... Your turn. Fav- no! I went last time! Alright, let's give it a try. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our next segment, The Pitch. In this segment, Johnny or I, depending on who it is that day... We'll pick from two different jars a random piece of paper. One jar is genre, such as uh, shooter, puzzle, racer. The other jar is setting, such as World War II. Uh, I gotta add some, some of mine. New York, I guess. I don't know. There's some other ones in there. I'm not good at this, but let's what get is this? try. Colonial. Colonial. All right. That could be interesting. And we pitch a game based off of those two things. So let's hear Johnny's pitch. Okay. All right. What do you got, Johnny? I have no idea. Colonial? I have Colonial and Stealth Tactical. <laughs> All right. I like this. I like that we're just going. Metal Gear Solid. Well, obviously, you're going to help me out with this. I'm yeah, thinking... but that's the easy fallback. I know. I was trying to think, like, what would be a Colonial, like, what could be a Colonial, like, name for Metal Gear Solid? Like... Okay, there's a book I have on my, on my Audible, and the book is called... Uh, I think it's called The Plot Against Washington. So it'd be kind of dope. Oh, wait. There's there's one that's... I've heard of that book, actually. The Plot Against Washington. And then there's, like, a secret group that Washington set out. Yeah. Uh, um, there's a show based on there's a show based on it called Turn. Uh, Washington Spies. Yeah, yeah. It's so a Netflix series. I have I, have you actually those. read the book? I haven't. That's why I'm like, oh, oh that's that'd really be good. dope if I, if I could uh, take notes from like, that. If you watch the series or read the book, like... It's so crazy to think how things could have turned out very differently. Okay, well, that's what I want to write. Like, okay, Andrew, you're one of my writers. Like, oh, what, what am I? I'm doing the work. I'm doing the work for him again. <laughs> what am I looking at? This is the type of game I want to make. All right, it's like Washington's talking to like one of his like militiamen. He's like, hey, we got some POWs in the British camp. Mm-hmm. Like, they, like I don't know if these guys will break. I don't know if they're gonna torture them, but like. They know stuff. They can like change like the outcomes. Like your mission, you know. And, and we and and because it's a stealth mission, and because you know at this time historically, like Washington's, they weren't his his army was not that well supplied. They were kind of poor. Weapons are procured on site because we can't afford to give you weapons. <laughs> so you're gonna have to find all your gear you need on site, sneak into the enemy camp, rescue the rescue them, and get them out of there. Okay, so I'm thinking this is going to be an open world. <laughs> Obviously, it sounds like we're going to have to do a bunch of uh, scavenging for weapons like Fortnite or or uh, what the hell is it called? Every open world does this, right? Mm-hmm. So we got to figure out where to get the we- the weapon stash. I'm, you know, I'm just picking, I'm picking somebody like with a colonial hat. But then they also have like the headband. What's oh, so odd? Because <laughs> they, have, like, they have like snake's headband. 
With the little trihorn hat on top of them. Infinite ammo. <laughs> Infinite uh, bearings. <laughs> like all like ball bearings for the yeah. t- <laughs> This is tough though. Like the the actual sneaking part. I'm just picturing. It's so just, awkward. I'm like, picking steak with a tricorn hat. That's what I'm really picturing. <laughs> with the tricorn kind of hat, like I just tricorn hat. That's what it's called. I think. I'm not sure it's tricorn or tricorn. It's like one of those. But it's that hat you associate with colonials. All right. Damn. There's no vehicles I could jump into. There's no. What's my fast travel? I just jump in the horse. Horse. He's got a D horse like a Mugger Solid Five. What about my weapons? Okay, so like, yeah, he had spies, but you know what? Let's take some liberties and just make them straight up assassins, right? Okay, yeah, I can do that too. Yeah, so I'm blending in there. I'm getting into that group. I gotta, I gotta do all this like reconnaissance, but I also gotta do assassinations. So I'm gonna take my little uh, flintlock. I imagine he had take him out to the to the shed and probably still has a knife, right? Yeah, for sure he's got a knife. But what else do I have? I'm gonna play the whole game with a flintlock and a knife. Uh, slingshot, a slingshot for distractions. Slingshot for distractions. Huh? What, what did they use for uh, rubber back then? Rubber existed. Yeah, but was it like a slingshot though? You know what? I actually don't know. No, you're right. So these, they also had the other kind of slingshots. The one was like the one where you twirl it around kind of thing. Uh, and you like, let go. What's the name of that? I heard what it's called. It's like a slingshot, though. It's a sling. It's a yeah, sling. Yeah, yeah, it's a sling. It's like the one you, you twirl it around, then you let go, and it like hurls whatever's in it. Right, what else? Because there's no, there's no like porn magazine, so you can't distract them with that. He has to use rocks. All right. Like, what was that? This game isn't going to sell. Whose footprints are these? We, we have to add a brothel. What? Right? No, what? Wait, why? Why do you mean we need to? I got into Grand Theft Auto territory. Never mind. <laughs> it's a stealth colonial game. Like, I but imagine, it's an open world game. Like, I, I can imagine, like, oh, like you can get like a, like you can get like a British, like a red, like a red coat, and like, kind of like blend in for stealth, kind of like. It's like, like you know, password, and it's like, uh, long live King George. Like, okay, you're good. Keep going. And it's like, oh, like you have to pay attention. Like, oh, what was the passcode again? And he's like a list of options. Like you can like mess it up or something. So who are the enemies? Obviously the British. Yeah, but well, everybody's British back then. The Redcoats. But that's it. Just one giant group. Well, you're making the game, Johnny. You tell me. Well, you're the his- the history buff. Well, okay. Who you said we're we're on Washington's side. You started it off that way, right? Yes. So then it has to be, you know, Redcoats. We can have Vulcan Ravens, like, ancient ancestor there, too. Vulcan Ravens? Because there's, like, Native Americans and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. All right. And then I have... I just picture, like, the bosses, like, kind of in the way of, like, how Foxhound and Cobra, the Cobra unit and all that. All right. That, that'd be interesting. So I get to see people like Thomas Paine. Right? Would that be how you do, like, your codec calls? Well, that wouldn't work, yeah. huh? Oh, shit. There's no I way of instant pig- communication. <laughs> I get a pigeon... <laughs> takes forever <laughs> they all have a signature from thomas Paine. he's always giving me lectures common sense yeah and then we got benjamin with the kite like the right so hey, we can make that a weapon a kite yeah sort of you know what this has to be an alternate reality this is colonial it doesn't have to be like american revolution it could be before that 
Nah, nah, nah. It's gotta be American Revolution, but it's gonna be alternate reality. And uh, the Benjamin, Brit, the red coats are developing a secret weapon. Benjamin Franklin is gonna be my cue, so he's gonna have. All, <laughs> he's gonna give me all the devices. He's gonna give me poison. Uh, you know he literally does that in one. Of, he literally does that in one of the Assassin's Creed games. Benjamin. In Assassin's Creed Three, because it takes place during the Revolutionary War, uh-huh. like Benjamin, uh, Benjamin Franklin's like one of your like allies or whatever, and he like teaches you how to make like more effective like darts and like poison stuff. Can make a couple bombs too. Yeah, we got black powder. So these are Renaissance men, Johnny. They know a little bit of everything back then. Dude, let's just throw everybody in there. Let's, we're gonna throw in the the Illuminati. We're gonna <laughs> the banks are gonna be in there. <laughs> Uh, who else? What's what, what's the thi- what's the what's the we call it the we're gonna have a uh, talks about the Jacobins. Is it like wooden gear? Like what's our what's our main? <laughs> what we're trying wooden to gear. Sp- <laughs> wooden gear Rex. <laughs> just a big wooden rope. Ro- <laughs> Instead of nukes, it just launches. It launches like trebuchets or cannonballs like miles away. You find the plans, and it's the Statue of Liberty from way back then. Oh, they, like an early. In it, yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing like snake with a trap with the wooden gear. <laughs> you hide in a barrel. You got you got so you got Washington. Washington is like your is like your Colonel Campbell. He's like the one that's kind of overall directing you on your objectives. So I'm just a guy. You're saying. Yeah, Thomas Jefferson. Okay, I'm, d- I'm down for that. Thomas Jefferson's like your guy who like kind of gives you like intel about like things you find like if you're it's like flora or fauna like mm. he can tell you like oh you can use this for health or you can use this for whatever. And then Thomas Paine's like, he knows all about like weapons and stuff. He's like, ah, you've picked up this kind of flint revolver. All right, that's the game. But what's the story, though? We never got to the story. We just talked about the mechanics. What's the what's well, the great threat? Well, that's the story. That's the spy. Like, we got Is the there a wooden gear, Rex, Johnny? <sighs> what's the end game? How does the game end? How does it end? This is another game that's kind of written like you know we won this. Okay. You gotta figure out. How Did we the won. British have a wooden gear? They had boats. They what had was your boats. What was the weapon they were gonna use to defeat the col- the colonists? You know we would make a great mission, Johnny. What? If this, since this is like stealth and everything, are you aware of the oh, what's that battle called? It's like the first major, it's like Washington's first major victory. There's a painting of it where he's, where he's crossing the Delaware, the river. Okay. Wait, is that the wrong timeline? Gettysburg? No, that's mm. Cold War. That's Civil War. Okay. There's a, I can't remember the, what the battle's called, but it's like the first major victory he gets. He attacks the Hessians, which are like German mercenaries. Okay. He attacks the combined like Hessian uh, red coat like army or whatever. In the dead of winter, when everybody's like kind of like not doing anything because it's winter. Yeah, I can't believe I went to the eighteen hundreds. And he, uh, he basically pulled off like one of like the biggest like like sneak attacks on them, mm-hmm. and like he completely took like the entire like it was a superior force like in terms of numbers, but they still won because they had like the element of surprise. So there's a sneak mission right there, like kind of like late. Like, we're going to send you ahead. Like, scout out, see if, like, if this mission will work. And, like, you go ahead and go in. What I'm trying not do to do... Do some recon. What I'm trying not to do is compare it to, like, Assassin's Creed. This game sounds like Assassin's Creed, doesn't it? Yeah, but so... I mean, the both games have heavy stealth. There's no parkour in this game. Okay, it doesn't have to be. Snake doesn't do parkour, so... 
right. Well, that's the game. That's what I got. All right. So there you have it, Johnny. Wait, I mean, aren't you going to do one? No, hold on. Hold on. Wait, hold on. What's the name of the game? It's Washington Spies. Damn it. I was hoping it would be like Metal Gear or something. Okay, Washington Spies. I was hoping it would be like something like Cabins of Democracy or something. Cabins like. of Democracy. Guns of the, yeah, yeah, Guns of the Patriots. And... That's, damn, that should be the one. But it's already taken. Yeah, Guns of the Patriots. It would just be uh, Metal Gear Solid. Like zero negative five or something. <laughs> zero negative five. Where's that from? I'm just saying zero because it's like so early because it's before like chronologically it comes like way before. <laughs> red white and boom. Red white and boom. Metal Gear Solid. Red white and boom. I kind of like that. It has a nice sound to it. Yeah, it makes it super cheesy though. Or like it could be something like something about like the founding fathers or something like that. I don't know. I can't think of that. Those are tread on me. Middle Gear Solid, don't tread on me. Nah, doesn't really flow. Doesn't. Flags of our fathers or something like that, maybe. That's better. All right, there you go. Let's go with that. Middle Gear Solid, flags of our fathers. I'm assuming Konami, right? Nah, I'll give this to Guerrilla Games. Really? Yeah. For stealth, that can work. Okay, uh, what goes like this goes over here, right? Yeah. All right. So we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna call it right there, ladies and gentlemen. My mouth is kind of tired, and we got a lot of stuff out there. We got a lot of stuff out on the table Johnny thank you again as always for joining me for this episode if you have any comments suggestions questions you can direct them to the dual sense podcast at yahoo.com as always that is an option and ladies and gentlemen that will conclude our episode so thank you very much join us next week on what well whatever's trending that week I guess we'll find out anything else Johnny that's about it thanks guys thank you see ya Bye.